Hey, Sales Love Nation, it's your host, Tyler Lindley. Today, I have Jamie Martin on the podcast. Hey, Jamie, how you doing today? Hi, Tyler, very well. Thank you for having me on the show. Are you good? Yeah, doing great. Really excited to chat today. So Jamie is the managing director and founder of Correct Careers Coaching based in the United Kingdom. And really excited to be chatting right before we started recording. Jamie and I were talking about this concept of quality versus quantity in sales today. And I think it's more important now than ever to really consider that quality versus quantity when it comes to your sales process and how you're filling your pipeline. What does that mean to you, Jamie, in this day and age, modern sellers, what should they be thinking of, quality or quantity? Yeah, it's literally probably the champion of every sales-related question right now. In the current sales environment, it is consistently changing, especially since, obviously, the pandemic uh, last year, where socially selling and social media channels and digital has forever more increased. So it's finding new ways for within the sales enablement and the cadence process to actually convert customers in a very noisy, very busy world. So we we need to have a shift from, do we feel quantity is the way to go or or should it be quality? And the phrase, the question here is cold call and a thing of the past. Some SDRs I'll be speaking to will actually say. So my initial thoughts on the topic are that it should be more about quality. First of all, with with quantity, you're looking at the time and the cost implications of, of running a large team with various different resources to produce that quantity of KPIs and those targets to achieve just to be able to qualify or disqualify some prospects. Where if you look in it qualification and looking at the quality of the leads, first of all, the SDRs are generating and second of all, passing on to the AEs, but also thinking about the customer during the buying journey. If right from the beginning, they are your ICP, so your ideal customer profile, then surely that would save you time and effectively make you more uh, ROI, return of investment during the sales process. So my thoughts are that it should be quality versus quantity. And what do you think about that, Tyler? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And you bring up a good point about Is cold calling dead? It sounds like you think it's not dead or what are your thoughts there, Jamie? So I definitely think it is certainly a touch point within the cadence process that is needed. Mm -hmm. But rather than doing X amount of cold calls, why don't you do a, a smaller volume of warm calls? And the way you can do that is by first of all, doing your research and your due diligence. So if I was going to prospect a customer, maybe I'll do some research of them on LinkedIn. I would be you know, looking at their business, their website, trying to work out their personality. I'm going to say there's a really good website called Crystal Nose. Are you aware of Crystal Nose? Yeah, it's that plugin that tells you a little bit about their disc profile. Is that right? Or... Yeah, correct. So I'm sure there's other the sort of personality type resources out there. But for example, that one linked to LinkedIn, and you can really find out a little bit about the personality of your potential prospect. So anyway, so using some resources such as that can certainly help you straight away build a really good rapport, the renowned term known trust is absolutely more than ever, I think, vital to build a relationship very quickly with a prospect at the beginning of their journey to be able to convert them moving forward. So it's definitely about the personal approach in qualifying your future customer. And if you take a quality approach rather than a quantity approach, even if it's going to take you more time at the very beginning of the process, Phil, and looking at others who have done it in research, you're going to be able to get that qualified customer easier than just doing a quantity amount of activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, No, I totally agree. It's funny you mentioned this idea of going a little bit deeper and doing a a little bit more research, not not overdoing it, obviously, to make sure that you have enough volume. But I think there's so many different ways 
that you can touch prospects as you're prospecting, as you're qualifying and disqualifying this day and age. Besides the phone, I think the phone is definitely a natural one of those touch points, but it's harder than ever to get people live on the phone. So mm-hmm. what are some of those other touch points that you're seeing your SDRs or AEs have success with, Jamie? And how are they going about doing that prospecting really effectively? I'm going to throw in a quote from myself, actually, at the moment. Uh, so personalities will thrive. And what that means to me is that, first of all, it's about your personality and that it's about the personality of your prospect or your future customer. So from a background of psychology myself, everyone's got a different learning style. So visual, auditory, key aesthetic. And I I talk about this now because you say about what other touch points are there. I know some of my clients actually like to communicate over WhatsApp. And it might even be because they're busy. It might be because they're more uh, introverted and and they don't like speaking on the phone or they may be more visual learners. So they prefer to communicate over WhatsApp. I know from SDRs and sales training uh, and modern sales training, so socially selling I do, videos are absolutely fantastic. You can leave audio messages on social media channels like LinkedIn. And the reason is for doing those extra efforts of touch points with a prospect is because it shows the personal approach. Mm-hmm. It's not just copy and paste emails or sending out volume of uh, you know, cold calls or email marketing. It's about, okay, why do you want to work with that customer? But more importantly, why would that customer want to work with you? I mean, a transactional sale, if there's a need for it, yes, they will want to buy your product or service. But there's a lot of competition out there. So mm-hmm. it's going to be about you building that no like, and trust and then for the relationship to be strengthened for long-lasting relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's where we really need to shift the focus of selling in this modern environment. Yep. No, I totally agree. Is it just trial and error figuring out what type of message might resonate with a specific prospect or person? Like you mentioned different learning styles. You've mentioned the different dis- personality styles. Obviously, there's some research you can do online, but you never really know until you probably start trying things. Is the best way just to do a variety of those things initially and see what sticks and then go deeper on that particular avenue for for a prospect? If they are a visual learner, go for the videos, go for those visual things that they can put their hands on and see. How do you figure that out for an individual prospect? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, yes, it is trial and error, but I think you just might as well cut to the chase and be honest with a prospect. How do you prefer to communicate? If you're asking them the question and they say, okay, so I prefer email because I might be an analytical person where I like to to read the information. Um, And then at least you know how you're going to follow up with them during the sales process. Or it might be that, first of all, if you've had success with a certain type of vertical sector or a certain type of uh, personnel within the business or a decision maker, Mm -hmm. it might be that who you go and approach next are somewhat similar to that type of uh, industry sector or level of personnel. So it could be your customers. It could be the competitors of your customers, or it could be you ask for a referral. So you've got to really science-based selling is basically look, looking at the customer during the buying journey. And they do that from social psychology, neuroscience, behavioral economics. And basically, it's about the customer during the buying journey. So if you've got a first of all, you know, there are psychometric testing, the Gallup questionnaire, Myers-Briggs, for example, but you're not going to know, you're not going to be able to ask or even know what that is of your prospect. But what you can work out through body language, through tone and pitch of voice, through nonverbal communication, which is actually only 93% of communication, which is what we say, the 93% is nonverbal and the, the verbal communication is 7%, sorry. So you can actually work out by mirroring and by understanding your customer the way they like to communicate. If you're not doing it face-to-face right now, you can still do that over video conferencing. Or like I said, probably the, the best answer is, how do you prefer to communicate? And they'll mm-hmm. let you know. 
So that would be my answer to that. Yeah, definitely. I love the science-based selling approach where you have the customer driving the buyer's journey. And it also sounds like a part of that is just being that scientist and that you have to be perceptive. You have to figure out how does that person communicate and what is their style? And, and sure, you can come out and ask them, but some of these things are you might want to infer and use that to your advantage. We've talked about social selling has been brought up a couple of times. What does effective social selling look like to you for a modern sales professional in this day and age? Well, first of all, I think we kind of all hate that initial message from a LinkedIn connection and being sold to. <laughs> so that is not the way to socially sell. So I've created a modern sales funnel. I, the modern sales framework is what, you know, for my business does. And it's a framework for actually building rapport and relationship with someone over a social media channel. We'll say LinkedIn being known as the number one business to business channel. And what it is, it is about, first of all, identifying who your prospects are and then over a cadence, a series of actions, building relationship with them. So it might be looking at their profile, liking and sharing their stuff, sending them links of interest and various different techniques I will, I will teach people during this funnel so to build relationships with someone. Because quite frankly speaking, you're not going to probably buy something from someone on the first interaction. There's not going to be a monetary interaction over a DM, a direct message uh, on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. But what you are looking to do is to convert someone into a discovery call. Uh, but, and, the, and the only way to do that is to first of all, show them that like and trust. You're not just after, you're not just got your blinkers on like a horse on a race. You don't just want to the money. You actually want to build a relationship with this person. And if they see you putting valuable content out there, then maybe they see a recommendation from someone that they know uh, in business about you. And they see you supporting their business. Now, when you look at neuroscience, it's about an emotional buy and reciprocity as well. So if we are really strengthening relationships by supporting one another and they see your authenticity and your passion and they see this visual and maybe what other people are saying about you, whether it's recommendations or people commenting on your social media marketing, shall we say, it really solidifies with them that actually that's someone I really want to have a conversation with, but that's your aim. And then once you've got the conversation with that person, well, then the buying process Will, will begin. Mm -hmm. So socially selling is about engaging and building relationships. And I love you bring up this idea of authenticity and of passion and of also thought leadership. I think that all sellers this day and age are their personal brand that they're doing intentionally or just they're not doing at all is speaking a lot to their prospects and speaking a lot to their clients because it's indicating is this a person I can know, like, and trust? Do they actually know my field? Do they know this topic? Can they help me decide on this specific product or service in an efficient and effective manner? It's so important. We bring up, we were talking a little bit about this idea of niching down into a specific vertical. Do you think it's important for sales reps to stand out in their specific industry? And if so, what do you see as some best practices for sales reps trying to work on that personal brand and create it in a specific vertical? It's an interesting point there, Tyler. So you're going to be working for a company. But for example, it's about you as a person as well. You have to demonstrate both sides of that coin when you are doing social media marketing. Obviously, you're going to be sharing a product or service uh, related information from a company, but also people want to get to know you. So it might be like, are you a thought leader? Who are your influencers? What are you posting about or blogging about? So they want to really get to know you as a person. And definitely the way to go would be within a niche. And the reason is because you're going to be seen as an expert. So you want to be seen as an expert because 
because if you're in an industry sector, you know what the, the chain of command is like, businesses who will collaborate and work with each other in the sort of distribution chain, how it works with whether it's a service-related industry, product-related industry, and what crossovers can actually happen there. But I, I also think it's the terminology that you actually use when you are speaking with a customer. So I'm going to throw in another quote by Tony Robbins. When people are like each other, they tend to like each other. And I actually think that speaks volumes. So for example, you may be an introvert and you may resonate really well with other introverts, but actually your customer could be extroverts. Mm -hmm. And really by looking at sort of a channel socially, selling like a social media, like LinkedIn, you could probably actually work that out from your customer. And again, what activity and information they are following. So if you remake all that together and you're staying within a certain niche area, you are going to be seen as an expert, but you are also going to be seen by your potential customers, someone that knows what they're talking about, knows how to communicate effectively with you during the buying process because anyone really don't like to part with money. So, <laughs> you know, you really want to be, <laughs> you want to be handholded through that process in the right way. And if you're seen as someone who's working with similar types of businesses, similar sized companies, or certain types of personnel, whether it's the HR professional all the way up to the CEO, then your next type of customer who you will approach within your ICP kind of model within that sort of niche area is certainly going to help you as the SDR or AE sell better mm-hmm. and effectively convert that quicker during the process. Yeah, I think it's, it's very interesting. We're talking a lot about this on the individual level where the individual SDR and AE are building this their own personal brand and this thought leadership and making sure they're doing all these connections online with their social selling and their own profile. But how can the company, if we zoom out on the organization, how can a company or the sales leadership or even marketing, like if you're thinking about what can marketing do to help these sales reps with the social selling, how can it be done more on the company level? How can we enable reps from a one-to-many model? What can companies do to set their reps up for success and work better with marketing, with sales leaders, to make sure that all sellers, not just the ones that want to, but all sellers have the ability to do this social selling motion. Yeah, certainly the sales enablement side within a business is absolutely vital. But from personal experience, you need to have the conversations with the SDRs, the AEs who are actually doing the socially selling on a day-to-day basis. It's really great for the marketing department and, and the leaders of the business to say, okay, this is how we feel the company should brand itself and what information we should be uh, distributing. But if you speak to the sales, uh, the SDRs on a day-to-day basis, so what's working for you? What's not working? What are you having challenges with? We're not asking people to reinvent the wheel here. If something's worked really well, that should be shared across the business and replicated several times <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to make it more easier for the SDRs, AEs to socially sell better. And I'm sure everyone's got some sort of technique or tool they use that's worked. And that that needs to be shared within the business and adapted on a volume basis to make sure everybody knows what they're doing. I, you could outsource and get sales training from a social media trainer, a socially selling trainer, something along those lines. But if you've got a big organization set up and you've got a really good brand, then it's just about delivering that message to everyone, what is working within the business at the moment. And also looking at your competitors, if they're doing something that you're not doing, why don't you try something like that out as well? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned larger business more than likely has maybe somebody internally that does enablement or they've got a a pretty strong internal marketing organization that can help with this. Some companies, though, don't have that. They're still scaling up. They're they're scrappier. They're probably doing enablement and marketing, but it's being done by the sales leader or the founder or whoever, this individual sales rep, the SDR, the AE. 
So for those companies that maybe don't have an enablement or marketing specific function, or it's just, it's in its infancy, how can they go about, should they outsource those things? Or should they just develop those skills with some internal folks? Or how can they go about doing some of that enablement and marketing sales alignment if there's not really a larger team of people dedicated to do those things? Yeah, certainly an internal conversation to have. I think either way, I think if something's working internally, then the information should be shared and there should be um, a strategy and process put into place to make sure that the rest of the company is using that type of enablement or or, uh, technique. But also if it's something really new to you, and that's why I work with professional services, business services, HR is my market because not not everyone has been um, embracing socially selling and social media marketing. Since uh, the pandemic, LinkedIn has been up 2000 percent uh, straight away that happened as, as it, the traffic um, and even in the last year or so it was 660 million members and now 722 plus is probably even more than that now it just shows the rapid growth of people actually utilizing LinkedIn so if you haven't you know been doing it yourself then yes you know you should go to businesses that have had more experience because again LinkedIn is going to be very noisy right now mm-hmm. and if you are not at the very beginning implementing the rights first of all utilizing LinkedIn and the settings correctly and then demonstrating in your brand and using all the facilities with it, even like such as LinkedIn Navigator or LinkedIn Premium, um, whatever's best for your business, then you're not going to be using it effectively and effectively you don't know what to do with it. So yeah, it's going to depend on, I think, probably where the, where the business is quite right at the moment and where they want to see themselves going with socially selling. Yeah, you bring up a good point with LinkedIn obviously being the obvious choice to do a lot of this social selling, but it also becoming... Uh, a noisier platform, harder to break through and cut through some of that noise. What should folks be looking outside of LinkedIn to other tools to do some of this social selling motion? Or, or what else is social? What does social selling, I guess, look like outside of LinkedIn? Um, or should you just be doubling, tripling down on LinkedIn? What are your thoughts there, Jamie? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh, and the reason is because, again, I would say LinkedIn is primarily the business-to-business platform, but then not all of your you know, I- ideal customer profiles are going to be using it. They might be on Facebook, they might be on Instagram, or they might prefer, prefer Slack, WhatsApp, or you know, Twitter, whatever it may be for them. And first of all, find out where your customer is really, which social media channel they are using. Um, and they might not even connect with you on LinkedIn. So you can find them on other channels and you can connect with them and, and build a relationship with them on other channels. Again, LinkedIn is very noisy as the other channels are. So it's really about finding what your customer prefers to use and engage with them on there. Of course, there's loads of other digital channels, whether it's driving traffic to your website. And like I said, even like Messenger or having bots where you can have like instant messaging on your website, that might be quite useful. And again, with the the social channels like WhatsApp. It might be that people want to communicate more over WhatsApp or or podcasting, video conferencing. It's really about finding what resonates with your customer, what are they doing and and how they like to communicate. And again, talking about introverts and extroverts, introverts might be, there's some fantastic introverts out there, Mark Zuckerberg, Steven Spielberg, Bill Gates, for example. And they're going to thrive right now because obviously due to the pandemic, people are adapting their ways of working. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be that they want to communicate more over blogs. So you might want to identify, so what's, what is it your customer having a problem with? Maybe write a blog or, or find an article about it and send that to them in a private message or in an email as a link. Now, that kind of relation, personalized relationship building uh, in a socially selling world is really going to make the difference when you're looking to build a relationship with a client. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally agree. Any other words of advice or for folks implementing this modern sales framework and especially getting into social selling as it stands today? Any other words of advice you'd have for those, Jamie, that we haven't covered yet? Yeah, I think really... <sighs> 
you don't want to become a busy fool. <laughs> so take a step back, review the, the cadence, the series of actions you're doing within the sales process. It's got to be about the customer. So what process are they going through the journey, the buying journey? What are the touch points? How are they communicating or corresponding with you during those points? What's working? What's not working? So look at the overall process and strategy. And I think earlier on in that process, socially selling, social media marketing needs to be quite up there in the process. Because you can build a relationship with someone, say, using LinkedIn early on before you even get to the point of emailing them and, and calling them, shall we say. So I think that just the strategy and the process of sales needs to be looked at early on and decide where to put this, your socially selling techniques and tools and enablement in that process. And I think that's probably the best thing for everyone to do is to have a bit of a reset at the moment because the digital world is very much out there now and, and it will continue to grow in that area. And if your business hasn't been embracing it, then you do need to revisit it right now. Yep. Got it. Love it. Jamie, how can my listeners find you online? Yeah, LinkedIn would be the, the best way to communicate with me. So it's just Jamie Martin. I've got the BSC ons at the end of it. And yeah, it'd be great to connect with you and hope you enjoyed um, the, the value and the conversation we had uh, today on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely had a blast. We'll link to that in the show notes. Really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action. And the results will follow. See you next time.